0: Your host for this program is Professor Frank Longo of Centenary University School of Professional Studies. Please note that before making any financial decisions, please seek sound financial advice from a financial professional. And now, here is your host, Professor Frank Longo. Hello, and welcome to Dollars and Cents for College Students. Thank you for joining us. Probably the most quoted person in the United States was a professional baseball player. His name was Yogi Berra, and he played for the Yankees. To describe the effect of inflation, he said, a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore. Now, this sounds odd, but if you think about it, it actually makes sense. He had many sayings like this. He said something else that, in part, describes my approach to learning about the stock market. He said, and I'll quote, you can learn a lot by watching. You can observe a lot by watching. Again, a little odd, but his point was that you can learn a great deal by watching others. In other words, be an observer. This is very helpful in stock investing. Watch the market and watch companies. And you can learn what happens under various scenarios. So today, I'd like to make some observations about recent company actions and how the market reacted to it. We will look for lessons. We recently learned or discussed General Electric, symbol GE. GE announced and carried out a reverse stock split, a one for 8 stock split. First, remember, companies do reverse splits because their earnings have gone down or they have operating losses. And accordingly, the stock price has gone down. They run the risk of being delisted, meaning having their stock thrown off of the New York Stock Exchange. This happens when the share price hits $5 per share. This is bad for the company and its owners. Also, many mutual funds will not buy low-priced stocks. And that matters. Mutual funds can drive prices up or down because they have so much money to invest. And if they are not investing in a company, it impacts the stock prices. Again, this is bad for the company and its owners. To prevent the stock price from falling into dangerous territory, companies do reverse splits. Let's consider GE. Its price fell to about $15 per share due to declining revenue and losses. It announced a one-for-eight split at that point, and the stock declined further. In a reverse split, the company takes your old shares— They take them and they issue you new shares, but you end up with fewer shares. In a one for eight split, you end up owning one share for every eight shares you previously owned. In the GE case, if you owned 100 shares, you end up with 12 shares. Divide 100 by eight, that gives you 12 and a half shares. So we will round that down to 12. Now have 12 shares. But the price of the stock changes also. It increases. And in the one for eight split, it increases eight times. In other words, multiply the $12 price per share by eight, and the new price is $96 per share. So on the stock exchange, this stock was selling for roughly $12 per share before the reverse split. And after the split, it sells for $96 per share. You lose shares, but you gain in stock price. The total value of your shares remains about the same before and after the split. So let's make some observations about the actual GE situation. Pri- the price of the stock is now more than $100 per share. GE accomplished what it wanted. It still trades on the New York Stock Exchange, and mutual funds can still buy its shares. But what about you, the individual investor? Where do you stand if you own GE shares before the split? You now own fewer shares, but they are more valuable. You now own stock in a company that has good business prospects and is regarded by many as a good investment. Before the reverse split, the fear was it was no longer a good investment. So why is it considered good now? Because GE developed a new business plan and began to implement it before the reverse split was announced. It streamlined operations and cut costs. It made a deal to sell a unit, its jet leasing unit, which was losing money and it sold it for $24 billion. It revised its focus. As a result of these actions, GE's second quarter revenue increased by 9%, and its free cash flow was positive. It revised estimates for the next year for free cash flow, and it revised it to between three and a half billion and four and a half billion and billion it revised it up by approximately $1 billion. It also revised its projected earnings per share from $0.15 to $0.25 per share. Remember, stock prices are determined largely by earnings per share. Its key divisions, aviation, which makes jet engines, healthcare, power, and renewable energy All expect increased revenue. This is an excellent sign for a company that is trying to correct its course. Due to this good financial news, Bank of America analyst Andrew Oben reiterated his buy recommendation for the stock. In other words, this analyst who follows GE and issues recommendations is recommending the purchase of GE stock. He raised his target price for GE to $120 per share due to what he called clear progress in GE's results. So, GE is roughly selling for $100 per share. This analyst who makes a living, who professionally follows GE stock, he expects the stock to go up to $120 per share. In other words, This analyst expects GE's price to increase by 20%. Let's sum up our observations. Reverse splits are often done due to bad financial news. GE had bad financial news. They're often indicators of a declining investment. But when a company initiates the split in a timely manner before it has depleted its cash, and most importantly, has a good turnaround plan, the split can be effective. GE did these things. So using Yogi Berra's words, we watched GE and observed that it has a good specific plan to improve its operations. As I said, that is the key for reverse splitting companies, The plan. GE investors who didn't panic and sell their shares can expect to see their investment increase in value. For new investors, GE is worthy of consideration. Its core businesses are important in today's world because they include medical equipment. And with the population aging, this business can be very profitable. Its renewable energy business offers promise and it complements its power transmission business, which is critical to the electric vehicle business. GE has significant resources so it is prepared for future challenges. GE didn't wait until it depleted its resources to make changes. Having good management is critical to any business. GE's management has been criticized recently, but it has taken timely and appropriate actions. GE now looks like a promising investment. Now, another observation, Pfizer. Pfizer is a company that I have been following for a long time and is one in which I own shares. This pharmaceutical manufacturer has been an important company for quite some time as it studies and seeks cures and solutions for many diseases other than vaccines and COVID. I became interested in this company when I observed relatives taking Pfizer drugs to manage high blood pressure and cholesterol. They were taking Pfizer medications every day and it helped them live their lives. That illustrated the importance of this company, although the importance goes beyond blood pressure and uh, other medications. COVID came along and Pfizer became and is one of the leading vaccine manufacturers. Following Yogi Bear's advice, I had been observing this company, so here's an update. Pfizer recently announced that it expects to have $33.5 billion in vaccine sales alone this year. It previously expected $26 billion. It now expects earnings to increase to approximately $4 per share, which is up from its prior projection of $3.60 per share. Equally important and significant, sales could increase further if Pfizer makes new agreements for vaccine sales with other governments who are lagging in vaccinations. There may also be a need for a COVID booster, and this bodes well for Pfizer. Now, let's play the devil's advocate. Suppose COVID goes away. Suppose the need for the vaccine disappears. Do you think that will happen? I don't, but let's suppose it does. Pfizer's non-COVID sales rose by 10% in the second quarter. Sales of its blood medication, Eliquis, and its pneumonia vaccine, Prevnar-13, contributed greatly to this. Its pipeline of new drugs includes an experimental treatment for breast cancer and a Lyme disease vaccine. Both are promising according to studies. Pfizer has eight additional drug candidates that it feels can generate billions of dollars of revenue each by the end of the decade. Pfizer has learned a great deal from the development of the COVID vaccine, specifically, It learned about the use of mRNA technology. This is a different approach to addressing illnesses. This know-how is expected to be used in the development of new drugs and vaccines. So let's consider the investing metrics. Pfizer's beta is 0.72. Its stock price has been less risky than the market as a whole. Its price-earnings ratio is 2017 and its forward P.E. is 11. Remember, the forward P.E. being less than the P.E. is a good sign as it reflects higher projected sales. Its dividend yield is currently 3.42%, significantly more than money earned in a bank. let's note that Pfizer has a dividend increasing history. Its stock price is up about 18% this year, Pfizer is a steady, well-rounded, dividend-increasing company. It has excellent long-term potential and is an investment that current investors should continue to own and potential investors should seriously consider. Following Yogi Berra's advice, we will continue to observe Pfizer and will keep you informed of new developments. Until the next time, stay calm, thoughtful, and purposeful.